This, this is the Pat O'Keefe Show. Who's choosing the music today? Is that you, Chantel? It's all Harvey. That's Harvey. Uh, you know what? That seemed to be a, you know, Harvey, uh, a Harvey move right there. Appreciate it was it. by request, I was told. It was by request by, by me and, and millions and millions and millions of others. Uh, have you been out to the theater to see the Errors Tour uh, movie yet? No, what are they like? What do you look like? You, you, you think I'm like, a man of about town for I this mean, stuff? You know, you go to a lot. You're a season ticket holder for the Red Bulls. You know, you, you were mad that Messi came in and people wanted to root for him. You know, you are a man about town. Well, I try to be whenever it doesn't rain. You're also a hard. <laughs> you're also a hardworking man, Harvey. Uh, your devil's off to what a, a one and one start, one zero oh and one start. Yeah. All right. Well, which one? I just gave you two options. What, you, I'm going to say 1-0 one, oh, and 1. You want to win a shootout loss. for me? Yeah. <laughs> we do have Rangers. I should know that, by the way. We do have Rangers hockey coming up at 630. Early for everybody. Coverage. Rangers. Uh, hey, Rangers look pretty good early uh, on Thursday night. Oh! You again. We got Don doing the game tonight, right? Don LaGreca, Dave Tweet Maloney. that! Print yep. that! There we go. All right. From Columbus, Rangers look to make it 2-0 and oh to start the season with two road games. Uh, before their first home game on Monday. So stick around for that. I'll have the pregame show for you at 630. 1-800-919-3776. Looking ahead to week six in the NFL. Um, yeah, I love talking to Ira because he's so optimistic. You know, sometimes he tends to, uh, you know, bring me over to his side and convince me um, of what he's thinking. You know, could this be on paper? Have the Eagles been dominant this year? No, they haven't, and I went through that last segment. Um, they're 5-0, and though. They are not running away, and, and, and look, they barely hung on to beat Washington at home. Um, their opening week was not the most impressive victory of the season against a Patriots team that, as it turns out, isn't that good. Um, they beat the Vikings on a Thursday night. The Vikings turned the ball over a bunch of times to help them there. Even last week, the Rams, and the Rams are all sorts of beat up, and the Rams gave them a game until Philadelphia pulled away late. What the Eagles strike me as right now is a team that's kind of bored, you know? The Golden Golden State Warriors-esque. Um, the Eagles are... They're 5-0. and They went to the Super Bowl last year. They know what the goal is this season. There's only one level to go for them, and that's to win the Super Bowl. So they're taking care of business. Is it artful? No. Is it pretty? No. But they're taking care of business. But teams that do that, teams that operate that way, they tend to get tripped up once in a while. The Jets desperately need this game. Like, desperately. Like, this game could take the Jets' season and send it on a totally different course then it is headed right now. And the Jets are not a bad team. They're not. You know, you look at their record, they're 2-3. and three. Their quarterback is their weak spot. His last two games have been his best two games of the season. Their running back is as good as any running back in the NFL right now. Garrett Wilson is as good as any wide receiver in the NFL right now. Now, the stats won't show it because Garrett Wilson isn't playing with a high-level quarterback even though I just said he's getting better. He is getting better. He's still nowhere near a high-level quarterback. And then you have the Jets' defense that is above average. They're not a great defense. They're a good defense. They're a good to a very good defense. So is there a possibility that the Eagles could get tripped up by the Jets this week? There is. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Justin on Long Island. Justin, what's going on? Hey, Pat. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, yep. I just want to talk about the Jets. I don't. I don't. I really don't see them 
standing any chance of beating the Eagles. And it's not because the Eagles are that great of a team. I just have no faith in Zach Wilson. And this is coming from someone who's not a Jets fan. Uh, I'm actually a Giants fan. But if you go back two weeks ago and you look at the Chiefs game, I mean, he played well. I mean, their defense is an okay defense. But I honestly, I don't feel like the Chiefs are that great of a team. I think they're a good team, but I don't think they're great. But as you know, with Patrick Mahomes, anything can happen. And then you look at the Denver game last week. Um, It didn't play well at all. I mean, the defense kind of kept him in that game. But I think this front seven of the Eagles is going to create some havoc on that offensive line for the Jets. And I think that, like Ira said before, if this team, if they they run the ball on two downs, again, these third and seven, third and eight, and you put it in Zach Wilson's hand, they just – it's not going to happen. Um, I'm going to hang up now. Listen, take your thoughts on that. I agree with your point on the offensive line being the biggest concern in general, but especially in this game because Philadelphia's front seven is fantastic. There's no way around that. That scares you. The Eagles' pass rush scares you against any team, and the, the Jets' offensive line is a concern against any team. You put those two factors together, and that's very dangerous. The Jets have to attack the Eagles. You're right. You get in third and seven, third and eight, you're you're done. You you have you have no chance. But I'm not sitting here on Saturday afternoon, twenty four hours from this game kicking off and saying that the Jets have no chance against the Eagles, which I think says a lot to what the Jets have done through five games. You would have thought that the Jets would have had no chance against the Bills when Aaron Rodgers went down four plays into the season. And they won that game. You would have thought that the Jets had no chance against the Chiefs when they went down 17 to nothing. You probably thought they had no chance against the Chiefs anyway before the game started. Then they go down 17 to nothing, and you really feel that they had no chance. And they almost won that game. I'm telling you, I think they would have won that game if Wilson didn't fumble that snap. He was playing, he was playing better. You know, people don't want to embrace what that half was for Zach Wilson. That was a really good half of football for any anybody, not just for Zach Wilson. And, yeah, last week, now I think the standards have changed for Zach a little bit because now, and the last caller just said it, Zach didn't play well last week. Well, he did. If you take last week's performance and compare it to Zach Wilson of last year or compare it to Zach Wilson against Dallas or against New England, last week's performance was an improvement over that. If you take last week's performance and compare it only to what he did in the second half of the Chiefs game, it doesn't look that good. But a third-year quarterback can't be expected to play at his highest level each and every week. Last week, it wasn't his highest level. What was it? It was good enough to win. So if I'm looking at a matchup tomorrow where I say this team has absolutely no chance to beat the other team, I'm looking at the Giants in Buffalo. The Giants, like I opened the show with, I don't see any way that they could beat the Bills on Sunday night. I really don't. Can I say that about the Jets and the Eagles based on how the Jets have played, based on how the Eagles have played? No. If I had to pick a winner, I'm picking the Eagles. But I don't think it's a 100% lock. Let's go to Richard in Manhattan. Richard, how you doing? Hi, Pat. Pat, two quick baseball points, then I want to go football. Houston versus Texas, game two. Scherzer versus Verlander. Who does Major League Baseball call out to throw the first pitch of that game? 
Scherzer versus Verlander. Uh, There's only one man in America that throws out the first pitch of that game. Scherzer versus Pat, you're not thinking. I'm trying to think. I'm not thinking well enough for your liking, Richard. Who is Steve it, Steve Cohen. Throws See, okay, out that was obvious. Sorry, that was the obvious one. That's it. Okay. I'm sorry. I forgot now, who I was talking to. Okay, you guys no. are talking about how in baseball this doesn't look great. I think it's fantastic. Three out of the four rested teams, home field advantage, lost. Mm-hmm. This is how I stopped. Don't change anything. This is fantastic for baseball. On the Monday before the playoffs, you have what you call choice day. That means the, th- the, the three teams that have the bye, is it three teams that have two the bye? Teams yeah. have the bye. No, two teams. Two teams have two the bye. Two teams have the bye. They have a choice of whether they want to play in the first round or want to sit it out and go wait till the following week to play their first game. This way you can't blame anybody. They make the choice. So the teams with the two best records that are having the buys anyway will have a choice. If they want to play in the first two rounds, then you figure it out who plays and who doesn't play, and you do it like that. But the two teams with the best record make the choice. This way you don't change anything. Don't, I think it's fantastic because it's getting people to talk, and baseball loves it. All right. It's getting, well, let me, I'll let you get your football. It's getting people to talk. It stinks. It stinks that I got to watch the Diamondbacks in the NLCS and not the Braves or the Dodgers. And it stinks that I got to watch the Rangers in the ALCS and not the Orioles. The Orioles are one of the best stories in baseball this season. They got completely rusty that whole week off. But you're right. I do agree with that point, Richard. Uh, it looks like we lost Richard. All right, I was going to let him make his football point. Um, let the let the teams make the choice. Put it on them. I think what you're seeing in sports more and more of is outside-the-box thinking. In every sport, like in the NBA, first it was the play-in tournament. I like the play-in tournament. I think it's worked. Now we have the in-season tournament starting this year. And by the way, you know, we joked about the in-season tournament a lot in the offseason, how a big deal, it's much ado about nothing. And maybe it will be. Um, it's starting soon. I think the Knicks' first in-season tournament game is like November 3rd. It's it's pretty early in the season because the finals for the in-season tournament are like the week of December 9th, the semifinals and the finals out in Las Vegas. But my point is this. Professional sports in this day and age, what I will credit those that are doing it for is outside-the-box thinking. The play-in tournament was outside-the-box thinking, and I think it's been a success. I think that it has kept more teams involved in the quote-unquote playoff chase longer into the season. And it has also challenged general managers and front offices to be more creative around the trade deadline because the more teams that still think they have a chance to qualify for the playoffs or the play-in tournament, the fewer teams that are going to be willing to trade off assets that would help them get to the playoffs or the play-in tournament. So I applaud that. Major League Baseball, big-time outside-the-box thinking this offseason. That was a huge win across the board. The pitch clock obviously was the grand jewel, the crown jewel of the offseason rules changes. But I liked the bases being enlarged. It brought the stolen base back into the game. Ronald Acuna Jr. stole more than 70 bases this year. I thought that was great. It changed the way teams managed close games late in the game. I applaud outside-the-box thinking. But I don't like that 
every sport is turning into like the equivalent of the NCAA tournament. That's what Major League Baseball is now. You know, you got, was it 16? You got 12, 12 teams make the playoffs out of 30? Not to sound old, but here we go. Cue the music if you have it. When I was growing up, you had four teams made the playoffs. Never mind when Richard, never mind when Richard was growing up, you had two. You had the American League winner, you had the National League winner. But at least one man, one man. there it is. Um, twelve teams making the playoffs. It has become too much of a crapshoot. It really has. Bring back the old days. <laughs> Arizona being in the NLDS because of three hot games. NLCS because of three hot performances against the Dodgers is not good for the sport. The Braves had one of the most. Now the Braves are a different story. The Braves lost to a team that has its number. The Dodgers did not. The Dodgers lost to a team that in 51 of 52 weeks of the calendar year, they are superior to. Unfortunately for the Dodgers, they happened to run into them the one week where it wasn't. But you know what? That'll ha- that'll stop them from complaining, whether it's the Dodgers, the Braves, the Orioles. You got rusty during the week off. You choose. Then you don't get the week off. You can play right away. You can stay sharp. But you got to win two out of three games in the wild card round. Here's what I would do. There's too many days off. There's too many days off, and there's too much um, equality in terms of home and road games. All right? I like what they did with the Major League Baseball wild card round where all three – it was at City Field last year. All three games, Mets, Padres, were at City Field. I like that. But here's what I would do. The season ends on Sunday. The wild card round begins on Monday. You play Monday, you play Tuesday, you play Wednesday, and then the LDS rounds begin on Thursday. Okay? This way, the Orioles, for example, or the Dodgers or the Braves, all three of those teams, their season ended on Sunday. They didn't play their next game until Saturday. Eliminate the day off before the wild card round. Eliminate the day off after the wild card round. That is two fewer days that your top teams are sitting around getting rusty and getting stale. And you will also see this based on what happened this year. Teams are going to go to school on how they can work around that in the future. Okay? Whoever the teams that win the divisions are next year and get the buys in the first round into the LDS round, they're going to, whether it's simulated games scrimmages, they're going to do it completely differently than what the Dodgers, the Braves, the Orioles did this season. And then the other thing is this. The Dodgers pitching staff, and this is a factor, the Dodgers pitching staff fell apart. You know, Clayton Kershaw pitched game one. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He might be a unanimous selection for the Hall of Fame. He gave up six runs in the first inning. Julio Urias was the Dodgers' best pitcher this season. He wasn't eligible to play because of a domestic violence issue during the year. So the Dodgers had no pitching by the time they got there. And that also hurts. That had nothing to do with the week off. But I don't like the week off. Eliminate the days off. And then the other thing that I will do is this. When a team like the Dodgers, who wins 100 games, plays a team like the Diamondbacks, who won 84 games, that is a 16-game difference over a 162-game season. Give the Dodgers all of the games at home. Give them a greater home field advantage. The Diamondbacks, and, and you know what? 
credit to the Diamondbacks. They won two out of three. They won both games that were played at Dodger Stadium. So it might not have made a difference. But if they had to close out that series, make them win that one at Dodger Stadium also. I think the team that performs that much better over 162 games deserves more of an advantage than just one potential additional game on its home field. All right, a lot of people want to uh, chime in on this. NFL Week 6, plenty on the table. 1-800-919-3776. Pat O'Keefe with you on 98.7 ESPN New York. Pat, you're not thinking. This is the Pat O'Keefe Show. Harvey, you know what Richard did? He led us down a whole new path. A somewhat interesting path. Interesting. This, is what, this is what he does. Is interesting too strong a word? It is an interesting path. Uh, you know, um, I agree with Richard. Let the let the team choose their path. If you get the number one or the number two seed and you get a bye, if you don't want the bye, then you don't have to have the bye, but you've got to win your way through the wild card round. This way, we don't have to hear complaining afterwards because they're not getting rid. I do like the wild card round. I think it just should be more condensed. And I understand that I would imagine the reason for the day off between the wild card round and the LDS rounds is in case there's a rain out. Well, then just handle it like you would during any other playoff series. All right. If the series is supposed to end on Wednesday and the Wednesday game is rained out, then that game gets played on Thursday and then the next series gets pushed back by a day. It's simple logistics at that point. If a game one of a series gets rained out or a game two of a series gets rained out, then you play a doubleheader. You got to get that series done by Wednesday because I do think it's too much of a disadvantage for the team that was the best team over 162 to sit around for five days and lose its momentum and get a little rusty. I think we see three examples of how that happened this year. Let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Tom in the Bronx. Tom, how you doing? Tom, are you with us? Richard from Manhattan is a national treasure. How about that? He is, and uh, that's great. I, you know, why don't we just have like really have a postseason, play like fifty games between all the best teams, and who has the best record is the champion, and if there's a tie, then they play a you know a four out of seven or a three out of five. But Richard is a genius with his ideas, and you know it goes to everything now. It's all more gimmick. You know, it's all gimmicks today. Same thing with the play-in thing with the NBA that's come on that's got all gambling written all over it all the gambling sites and everything Pat you're doing a great job Some- all right Tom thanks let's go to uh Morris in the car Morris how you doing hi how are you thanks for having me um I wish I could talk about two things uh the the New York quarterback situation and also the baseball situation and so so starting with the baseball the top teams winning 100 games Guess what? You lost because you weren't the best. You, you were supposed to win those games. It's not like football, one and you're out. You had more than one chance. So you're really not the best. You deserve to be out. Your true colors showed you're supposed to win. What would Magic Johnson say under this situation? You're supposed to win. That simple. They deserve to be out. As far as the New York quarterbacks are concerned, I think they have a chance as long as they have the mentality of, 
not protecting the ball. As soon as you say, oh, you got to protect the ball, that, that's an indictment. That, that means you're going to get three and out. What's the difference between a three and out and turning the ball over? It's basically the same thing. If you had a quarterback in the league, like look at your Josh Allen and your, and your Patrick Mahomes, when they lose the game, guess what? They go down swinging. They, they get intercepted too, but they go down swinging. And if, we, if you put in, the, in, in uh, um, Zach, uh, in Zach, uh, Zach Wilson. Zach's head to protect the ball, guess what? When he throws it, it's going to be picked off because he's scared. Let him open up. Give the kid a chance. And he's been getting better. He's been making some key three-down plays. They got stuck in the red zone a little bit, but look at the third-down plays he was making. Those were big. He's improving a little bit right in front of our eyes. Uh, thank you for having me. I- Thanks for the call, Morris. He has been improving. Now let's keep it in perspective. It's been two weeks. and Actually, it's been less than two weeks. It was the second half against Kansas City, which was really good. And then it was a game against Denver, which he was fine. He didn't shine. He didn't, you know, he wasn't off the charts against Denver, but he didn't have to be off the charts against Denver because it was Denver and Denver stinks and they have a bad defense. They have an embarrassing offense. They're poorly coached. They're arguably the worst franchise in the NFL right now, but you have to coach and you have to play to your opponent. All right, so the Jets let Zach loose in the second half against Kansas City because they really didn't have any other choice. They were down 17 to nothing, then they were down 17 to 2, they were down 17 to 5, and then they started getting it going a little bit. Now, again, all right, the two games this year that the Jets went up against top flight competition. And I'm not counting Dallas right now because Dallas needs to be better than it has been to prove that it's top flight competition. But the Jets went up against arguably the two best teams in the AFC, both at home. They beat the Bills in week one, and they almost beat the Chiefs two weeks ago. The one common thread between those two games is that the opposing team's quarterback kept turning the ball over. So you do have to keep that into perspective. That that was a big reason why the Jets were competitive. Wilson was not good against the Bills. It was also an impossible spot. Right, It was the first game for Aaron Rodgers. It was the night that 70,000 Jets fans and millions more watching on TV had waited for for decades. The last thing Zach Wilson was expecting that night, and, and look, you'll call me and say, oh, he's a backup quarterback. He needs to always be prepared. Come on. The last thing he was expecting that night when Aaron Rodgers is running out of the tunnel with the American flag and everybody's going crazy, the last thing Zach was expecting that night is that by the end of the night, he would once again be the starting quarterback of the Jets. So I looked the other way on his poor performance that night. By the way, they won the game, so it makes it easier to look the other way. The Dallas game, it looks like he's got no hope. The New England game, it looks like it's about time to pull the plug. And then the Kansas City game, down 17 to nothing, it's like, what are we doing here? Like, it's going to be a, another 2-15, and 3-14 and 14 season, and this franchise is back on the hamster wheel. But something happened in the second half. Yes, I know Mahomes helped them get back into the game with his turnovers, but Zach's performance and his confidence look so much different in the second half of that game. So, yeah, he is getting better week by week. This is not an easy test for him tomorrow. Um, the formula for Zach Wilson has always been this. 
don't lose the game yourself. Right? You got a above average defense. You have maybe the best running back in the NFL. <laughs> I'm serious. You know, I know he's a second year guy coming off an ACL. And maybe this is recency bias because he was so unbelievable last week in Denver. But you have one of the best running backs in the entire NFL. You have a wonderful safety valve at wide receiver and one of the most talented guys at that position in the entire NFL. Just don't lose the game. But the Jets need to – he has had his most success when he has been most aggressive. And the last six quarters, especially the latter two quarters against Kansas City, they opened it up a little bit. They – let him uh, attack a little bit more, and the results were certainly there. 1-800-917-3776. More on the baseball playoffs. Do we like it? Did it ruin the baseball playoffs for you this season? Are you even going to watch the ALCS or the NLCS? And do the Jets really have a chance against the Eagles tomorrow afternoon? Or am I just trying to talk myself into it? Is Ira just trying to talk me into it? And then we'll have Connor Rogers at the top of the hour to look at that game and kind of take the temperature of the NFL about a third of the way through the season. It's Pat O'Keefe on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Pat O'Keefe Show. It was largely about where the Giants are right now. So quickly uh, back in the depths of the NFL, just when it seemed like they got out and got out definitively with their playoff season, their playoff win last year. And here they are, nine months after beating Minnesota on the road in the postseason. And they're right back at the bottom of the NFL with, I'm not really sure how much hope for the future of that franchise. Here's the difference between where the Giants and the Jets are right now. The last half an hour, and I kind of joked about it, the last half an hour... um, I have started to maybe convince myself that the Jets do have a chance to beat the Eagles tomorrow. Eagles haven't been dominant. Um, Their offense hasn't gotten on track yet. The Jets quarterback obviously has looked better the last couple of weeks. The Jets defense is good. The Jets are a solid competitive team. And that's the difference right there between where the Jets are and where the Giants are. The Jets are still a competitive team and they're still a competent team. I mean, two and three, three and two, you're a game away from being above 500 in the NFL. And the Jets have had a gauntlet of a schedule so far. They've had one easy game. As it turned out, too, New England's pretty bad, and they lost that game. But that was before Zach Wilson started showing any signs of being a competent quarterback. But we're talking ourselves into the Jets possibly beating the Eagles tomorrow. It's not the most ridiculous thought or idea in the world. On the other side... As I said at the beginning of the show, I look at the Giants game tomorrow in Buffalo. The Giants have absolutely no chance to win this game. I can't think of a situation in which the Giants have a chance to win this game in Buffalo tomorrow. And it took five weeks for the Giants to get back to that point. The Giants spent five years outside of the one year where Joe Judge came in, went six and ten, and the Giants almost won the division with that six and ten record, except Doug Peterson took out Jalen Hurts in the final Sunday night game of the year, and Washington ended up winning the division. Outside of that one year, the Giants just spent the Giant fans just spent five years knowing that week in, week out, their team was not going to be competitive. And you're right back there already. 
And that is that is so disappointing. That's been the biggest development of this football season in New York. I mean, the Jets, if anything, have proven, and this is probably going to sting a little, the Jets have proven that if Aaron Rodgers didn't get hurt and played like Aaron Rodgers, they'd be right in the thick of things in the AFC because what AFC team has jumped off the charts so far? Right, The only NFL team that has been, wow, this team is unbelievable, has been the 49ers. You know, the Dolphins, but they lost to the Bills pretty convincingly. The Bills already have two losses. You look at the AFC North, the Steelers and the Ravens are both 3-2. and two. You look at the AFC South, Jacksonville and Indianapolis are both 3-2. and two. And then, of course, there's the Chiefs. But the Chiefs at 5-1, and one, having won their last five games, Chiefs should probably be 6-0. and oh. They had a million drops. By Kadarius Toney played the worst game ever by a football player in the season opener against the Lions. If he didn't get out of bed that day and they put somebody else in his spot, the Chiefs would be 6-0. and So there's nobody in the AFC that's jumping off the page, and that probably stings Jets fans a little bit more. Because if Aaron Rodgers was here, this thing probably would be happening right now. You know, the Jets don't lose to New England if Aaron Rodgers is still here. The Jets probably beat either Dallas or Kansas City. They could be 4-1 and one right now, at least 3-2. and two. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Steve in Westchester. Hey, Steve, how you doing? At number one, you are a really cool listen. You're you're calm. You're 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 smart. You're you're uh, you know you're not hysterical. A lot of these younger hosts, uh, they think it's interesting to be hysterical, and you're you're a real good listen. I, Thanks, I Steve. It. Thank you. Yeah, uh, two things on the uh, on the baseball playoffs and on the uh, the Giants. Is it too early for them to uh, tank for Caleb Williams? Would you, no. would you go that route? I mean, I, I don't even know at this point, Steve, if it's going to be their choice. I, I Even if they try to win, I don't know that they can win. So I, I do think that if the Giants are in position to get Caleb Williams, they absolutely should. Um, and I'll let you make your other point, but I'll finish this one. What I, I said this earlier, what we've learned this year, whereas I don't think this is Daniel Jones's fault where the Giants' season is, I've seen enough of Daniel Jones this year to know that he's not the Giants' franchise quarterback in the future. Totally agree. Totally agree. On the baseball playoffs, uh, the two, three, four, win two, win three, win four, and then the World Series, I absolutely love it. And I don't think there's any uh, team out there, the 100-win teams, would, would give up that five. To have to be able to avoid that first round and possibly get knocked off in that round, you know, I, I think you still want to buy. You, you just have to play better. Those teams, to, do they have to do a little more intense workout that the layoff hurts? Uh, maybe, but I think everyone would say they'd rather have the bye than, than have to face that first round. Yes, in any sport, too, Steve. I agree with that, and thanks for the call. Here's what I want to see more than anything, though, and I think this – I don't see why this can't be done. And I said it before, right? I'll say it again. This is, this is what I think should happen. The Major League Baseball season ends on Sunday. Monday is a day off. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are the wild card games, and Friday is a day off before the LDS, ALDS, NLDS begin on Saturday. Why do we need two days off there? That's giving two additional days off, two days of rest or rust, however you want to look at it, 
for the teams that won their division and got the buys. The there should be a incentive to win your division and be among the top two teams in your league, as the Astros and the Orioles were in the American League, as the Braves and the Dodgers were in the National League. And we'll take the Dodgers as an example, okay? If the Dodgers, if, if they eliminated the off days, so the season ends, Dodgers are the second best team in the NL. They won 100 games. They play the winner of the Diamondbacks Brewers series. It was in Milwaukee. Game one was, would move game one to Monday. The very next day, get them on the mound. So if even if you had to play to the last day of the regular season to get into the playoffs, I'm sorry. There should be some sort of a disadvantage to being the sixth seed and the last team into the playoff field. So play on Monday, play on Tuesday, and then game three would be on Wednesday. Now, in the case of the Diamondbacks, they beat the Brewers two straight. So there's your day off. They would have played on Monday. They would have played on Tuesday. Game three was not played. You're off on Wednesday. Game one at Dodger Stadium is on Thursday. So then if you start your number one starter on Monday and he needs four days rest, that means Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that means he can't pitch until Saturday. That means he can't pitch until at least game three of your NLDS series against the Dodgers. That is the disadvantage right there. All right. Whereas the Dodgers are sitting around, yes, they're getting rusty, but they can also set up their pitching rotation as they did. It just didn't work out for them this time because their pitching rotation was in shambles. And Clayton Kershaw didn't get out of the first inning in game number one. But there should be a disadvantage to a team that doesn't win its division. And on the other side of that coin, there should be an advantage to a team that won 100, 104 games in the case of the um, Atlanta Braves. There should be an advantage for those teams. You want to beat the Dodgers? You want to upset the Dodgers? Well, you got to do it. With your third starter, and even more, let, let's just say the Diamondbacks and the Brewers go three games, and the Diamondbacks win in, in three. Now, they win game three in Milwaukee on Wednesday. They've got to be on the field at Dodger Stadium for game number one on Thursday. And now, you got to start your fourth starter, or probably a bullpen game, against the other team's first starter. That's an advantage that I like. That's enough of an advantage. Just eliminate the off days. All right, you're going to tell me that the off day on Friday is in case there's a rain out during the wild card series, the off day after the wild card series. All right, what's the off day on Monday for? Does Major League Baseball like need that day to regroup and get ready? Th- that's not fair. That's not fair to the teams that earn the buys. Don't give them extra days off. Three is enough. Five is too many. And here is where we are right now. The top teams, the Braves and the Dodgers especially, the Orioles, they were a great story. I got into them. I would have liked to have seen them in this round, but it wasn't meant to be for them. And and, and I don't think Major League Baseball is losing a lot of eyeballs by the Orioles not being there. But Major League Baseball is losing a lot of eyeballs by the Dodgers not being there and by the Braves not being there. And we'll see how that's reflected. I mean, remember, this was already a postseason where there was no Yankees, there was no Mets, there was no Red Sox. The Cubs made a run, but they were eliminated on the final weekend of the season. So you had some really big marquee franchises not in the playoffs this year. I mean, you had Philadelphia, you had Atlanta, you had the Dodgers, but look at the four teams that are left. 
Houston, all right, well, they're the team that everybody loves to hate. People like that's probably good for ratings because people tune in to root against them. But Texas, not a high wattage franchise. The Diamondbacks, certainly not. And then the Phillies. The Phillies are the only high wattage franchise that's left in the playoffs. How's that going to be reflected in the ratings at the end of this postseason? Are you going to watch? Would you have been more likely to watch if the Dodgers and or the Braves had made it through to this round? All right, more of your calls on week six in the NFL. And uh, we'll touch on, well, some baseball thoughts coming up. We also have Connor Rogers coming up at the top of the hour to look ahead to week six on the gridiron. Giants, Jets, and everything else around the league. 1-800-919-3776. It's Pat O'Keefe on 98.7 ESPN New York. This.